0: Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one through twelve. It's maybe one of the most informative and important chapters in the New Testament on prophecy. It is very, very important to, and we have things revealed in there that we do not know or would not know unless we had that chapter. As often is, a problem in one of the churches that Paul had, Paul was instrumental in founding, would turn into being a book of the Bible. The Thessalonians, two books actually, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians was a the church at Thessalonica. Now the church at Thessalonica, he was thrilled with them. He was happy with them. They were under persecution. They had to pay an ultimate price for their faith. And consequently, it filtered out the fake, filtered out the phony, and they were a church of true, solid, 100% all-in believers. That's what persecution will do. People that aren't on the, people that, people on the fringe and don't really have their heart in it, they'll leave because they don't get persecuted. So these people were under heavy persecution and paying a high price for being a Christian. Uh, This passage is pregnant with prophetic insights, never before revealed facts about the tribulation and the rapture. Uh, Chapter 2, which we're going to read in a minute, springs out of the trouble they had at the church Church of Thessalonica. They were having some trouble and being told some false information about the timing of the rapture and tribulation, period. The church's position concerning it and that where they were at. False teachers had attacked the church. Man, false teachers seemed like they followed Paul around. As soon as he'd leave, they'd come in and start teaching uh, erroneous error and doctrinal error. And uh, he had, sadly, to deal with that. So let's read here, make a little bit of, little bit of comment, and then we're, this is going to be expositional. I'm going to go verse to verse, all the way from verse 1 to 12. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto Him. So it has to do with Jesus' coming and the church is gathering. That you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit or word or letter, as from us as that day of Christ is at hand. Well that's interesting. That's a, uh, he must not be talking about the rapture because in other places of the Bible he talked it would come as a thief in the night and you wouldn't know when it would happen. So he must have been talking about two different events because this one he says, you'll know when this is coming. And I believe, we believe it, and of course most anybody I've read on this believes this is talking about the second coming and part of this. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day shall not come except there Come a falling away. In other words, there's going to be some signs preceding the second coming of Christ. A falling away first. <clears throat> the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. That pretty well takes in everything. So that he as God sitteth in the temple of God. What temple? showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. So Paul believed that prophecy could be taught to new believers, that it was part of their essential, part of their doctrinal uh, understanding. Uh, These men that are memorizing these verses, the deck of cards, deals with 11 major doctrines of scripture. Does quite a bit of memory in the area of Prophecy. <clears throat> Prophetic verses cover about 30 percent of the Bible. 50 percent of that 30 percent has been fulfilled. Now we can go back to that fulfilled portion, and we can see that it was those those scriptures that were fulfilled were fulfilled exactly as they said, literally, literally. When it said Christ's beard was going to be plucked from him in the Psalms, his beard was plucked from it. When it said that they would gather around him like dogs. And, and and rail upon him, that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, so when I said he was beaten more than any man to where he wasn't recognizable as a man, that's what happened to Jesus. Nobody could take Jesus' life. He probably was beaten. In my guess on this, he was beaten more than any normal person would be would, would live through. But you couldn't take Jesus' life. He gave up his spirit or he wouldn't have died. And they beat him past recognition as a man. I mean, that's pretty pretty wild. He was, you know, just, but he was God. And so he says, look, I talked about these things when told you these things, but false prophets have come in. They've confused you. They said some things were erroneous, so I'm going to straighten you out. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. It's interesting he says you know this. Now, we're going to explain who that is, and we're going to go back down through this. For the mystery of iniquity that's already worked, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then, and only then, if I may say, shall the wicked, that's a wicked one, be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth. The word pneuma is breath, the breath of his mouth. How did everything become existent in the book of Genesis? How did it all become? God spoke. God spoke. The breath, the pneuma, and so, if he spoke everything to existence, I and mean, he can, he can just speak the antichrist out of existence, or, or put him where he's, where he's in his place. So the spirit of his mouth shall destroy the brightness of his coming. God is light. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, Satan gives power to the beast. And these are not, by the way, that word power is the same word used for Jesus, miracles. That word signs to many of us is the same word in John used for Jesus' miracles. There's no reason to believe that these are not real miracles. But what they try to do is to convince people of a lie. The miracles are there to convince people of a lie, which is what? That the beast is God. It's not that the miracles are lying; they're not like they're fake. They're not. They're real deal. They'll be, I personally believe they'll be totally irrefutable. As skeptical as people are, as skeptical as atheists would be, uh, they're going to be convinced, and they're going to have a little help there. Um, even him is coming out of the word of saying so, and with all how does it come? It comes with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. In them that perish, I want you to mark those words in the Bible. In them that perish, that's important. We're going to come back to that, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved, and for this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, maybe more correctly, the lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure. In unrighteousness, mama, that's a strong statement right there now. For some people, I have talked about and preached about hell my whole my whole adult life, and people still will once in a while say, well, you really think hell's literal? Do you really think it's a real place? Well, if it isn't, Jesus lied. The Bible's misrepresented itself, but it's not. The Bible of Jesus did not lie, and the Bible does represent itself, and we have no reason to believe from every other thing that's been said that hell would be a symbolic place. There's nothing else, because if, if hell's a symbolic place, so may be uh, heaven, because they're put on both sides of the word and there. And so, first of all, he starts out in verse 1 or 2. Let's go back now and take this up. Uh, Plow through these verses real quickly. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verse one and two: Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. Now we beseech you, brethren by the coming of the Lord Jesus, our gathering together unto Him, that be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, number one; by word, number two; by letter, number three. As from us, says, the day of Christ is at hand. Second coming of Christ. This is a world deception. Deception is uh, worldwide. It's not local. I think as a Christian, you need to be familiar with the Bible. Uh, It would not hurt you at all to be very familiar or as familiar as you can be with the Bible so that when deception comes by your house... There's a little voice inside your head goes bink, bing, 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 bink, 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 bing, bing, bink, bink, bink. This is false. This sounds, this doesn't sound right. You may, may may not be able to go to the chapter and the verse. Well, you've read the Bible through enough. You have the Holy Spirit. He's your teacher. And so with the Bible, coupled with the Holy Spirit, when false comes by, you go dink, 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 dink. Now, I I when I was young, I dealt head-to-head, you know, with Jehovah's Witnesses. And I one day out in the street, I was preaching in Seneca, South Carolina, and a Joe Witness came up to me and said, You know what you're doing there is wrong and it's not right. You don't know the Bible. Well, I'll be old. That old boy, he was probably in his 50s. He knew his book. Now he was Jehovah Witness and he was lost. He, he could not have been saved by what he believed. But he knew the Bible. Now, I didn't know the Bible that much, but I I, I knew the Savior. What a, what a paradox is that. I knew the Savior and was dumb. And he knew his Bible, but didn't know the Savior, and he was smart. Showing an intellect doesn't get you to heaven. Faith gets you to heaven. Faith of a little child gets you to heaven. And so God chose the poor of this world to be rich in faith. So I didn't. I, finally, he would argue me down, you know, to where I didn't even have an answer. And all I said, all I could do, finally, to the guy, I just said, "Look, I know I'm right, and I know you're wrong." And he just got mad at me. He said, how would I just prove to you out of the Bible that this I'm right and you're wrong? I said, no, the Holy Spirit in me is telling me you're wrong and I'm right, but I ain't, I'm not old enough. I think I was 18, 19 years old. I'm not old enough to know the book, and I can't tell you why I know I'm right, but I can tell you I would die for what I believe and what I already know. How do you know? The Holy Spirit gives you that gives you that assurance inside. These deceivers came by there, tried to deceive these people. These three darts were that were thrown at them, first of all, was false spirit. False spirit. I had people come up to me and say, The Holy Spirit told me to tell you. Oh, that's happened to me in numbers of times. I mean, I've been out past the out and Somebody come up to me and say, Uh, you know, you're the. And they want to they want to, they want to. Compliment you. You know, you're a man of God. Well, how do you, how do you, who you, you know, so the demon told them who I was. So, and then when they give me, they give me a, a word of knowledge. And I said, well, now wait a minute, wait a minute. A word of knowledge contrary to what I know to be the Bible teaches. And I said, you know, you can say that, but that's not what the Bible teaches. And so you're giving me a false spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. You're saying it's the Holy Spirit, but it's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not correct himself. He wrote the Bible, uh, and I think you just quoted that. Somebody quoted that verse. Oh, Dylan, you just quoted that. Uh, the, the Spirit of God moved upon them. He recorded. Yeah, so the Spirit of God wrote the book, so He knows how to help you out. So, and so they'll come to you and they'll do, they'll tell you, "This Spirit told me to tell you." Stop. I said, God has free access to me. I go to him and talk to him all the time. I'm walking with him day by day. He can talk to me. I'm not, there's nothing between us and nothing between me and the Savior. But he did that to them, and people sometimes are gullible to that. He came with false words, not by word he says. He came with false words. Uh, oh, oh, I have this word. Uh, the, uh, the you know Paul in a sermon one time, I heard him say that. Uh, we were going to go through the tribulation period. False word, wasn't what Paul taught at all. But he could say Paul said it, and then it says by uh, false letters as from us. They even had some. Evidently, people would would write letters to these churches and sign it in Paul's hand. It had counterfeit letters, and that's why Paul had a real unique signature. Evidently, he that, that he talked about signed with my own hand, and so. They would, they would counterfeit. So they would come at them from these three different angles, these darts, these fiery darts, as it were. What were they trying to deceive them about? They were trying to deceive them. that The tribulation period had already begun, and the church was in it. What were they trying to deceive them about? They were trying to convince them that the tribulation had started and that they were in it. When Paul told them, they wouldn't be. Contradictory to what Paul said. And so, and the question could be, why would they think this? Well, the, the persecutions were so harsh on that church, and they were under such severe persecutions that they kind of began to think that these were maybe the tribulation judgments. The problem is it wasn't worldwide. People come to me and say, is this, is this, is these signs? Quit Quit looking for signs and wonders and all that stuff, and keep your focus on on what God told us to do, and go into the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Keep your focus on reading the Bible. Keep your focus on on being a witness for Him, and He'll straighten all that other stuff out. Amen. Uh, when He comes, He's going to come when He decides to come, and I'm not, whether I believe it or know it or whatever. And tonight's important, but really. You could, if you didn't even know what I'm going to say here tonight, you could still live a good Christian life. Prophecy is important. It helps us have assurances. But these folks had lost. They said, we're, we're already shot. We've missed the rapture. We're in the tribulation period. Evidently, Paul wasn't right. Persecution so severe, man, but it was local stuff. So Paul's teaching on missing the wrath to come was wrong. That's what the false teachers were telling them by these three different methods. Paul's teaching was wrong. Well, if you can discredit Paul, who was the one that had led most of them to Christ and established the church, then they could, from that step, they could discredit what Paul said. They could take him away. The devil's tool was to take him away from what was right. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says, And to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 for God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. You say, what importance is that? You'll find out. The tribulation in its entirety is the wrath of God on disbelieving mankind. That's the purpose of the tribulation period. Revelation chapter 6, verse 17. For the great day of his wrath has come. The word day means period of time. Hitler, when he was in Germany, had a, he had his day. You've heard people say that. He had his day. Trump, when he was president, he had his day. Biden doesn't know what day it is. Excuse me. Excuse me. We're talking about him running again. He's never going to make it to the end of this four years. But it said, the great day of his wrath is coming. Who should be able to stand? That's talking right in the tribulation, the tribulation period. It, there is a beginning part. The first three and a half years is not as severe as the last three and a half years. This last three and a half years of the seven-year trib is is called the time of Jacob's trouble. And it is. it does get more, it ramps up. But I believe that the chapter 6... Of Revelation begins the trumpet, judge- the, the uh, seal judgments, and then the trumpet judgments, and then vile judgments. There's seven, seven, and seven. And as these 21 judgments work their way out, it is ramping up. It's getting harder, more severe, more radical. In fact, had the days not been shortened, uh, there would be no flesh saved. What does that mean? It means Jesus shortened those days, or nobody would be saved. They, basically, all the entire world's population would be killed off. By what? The wrath. Of God, don't. It's not Satan that's doing those twenty-one judgments, folks. It's not man because they didn't take care of the earth. It's not, you know, go green. We didn't go green in time. It is God Almighty who made this earth, judging it for their disbelief. And man, He's been patient. Ooh, He's been patient. Look what was promised to the church of Philadelphia in Revelation chapter 3, verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour. The word to keep thee, in Greek it means to keep thee out of. To keep thee out of, if I may put my my little interpretation in that. Keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon, what's the next three words? All the world to try them and dwell upon earth. It's not a localized judgment. The things of the tribulation period, the 21 massive judgments of the tribulation period are worldwide. Why? Because it's the day of God's wrath upon the world. You need to know that. And it's important theologically for in, in, why we believe there's going to be a rapture of the church. It's extremely important to know that. Uh so they taught, these, these, these false uh, prophets taught, there was no rapture before the tribulation, and consequently the church was going to go in the tribulation period, which was the time of God's wrath upon the earth. <coughs> Excuse me. If <coughs> you see a contradiction? Paul taught them, you're not going to come under the wrath of God because you're a born again believer. God never pours his wrath out upon his people like that. Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham, he argues with God. He argues with God. I'll, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Noah, a few people that believed were spared the wrath. That was a time of worldwide wrath of God upon the world. And what did he do to the believers? They were protected. They were taken, as it were, out of, of that problem. So were the folks in Sodom and Gomorrah. This day of wrath, this tribulation period, it is both Old and New Testament. And I'm just I, I'm just mentioning a few of these. Isaiah thirteen six says, "Howl ye for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty." Zechariah chapter one verse fourteen sixteen, and so many other places that it is very clear this is a judgment upon the whole world. Now, let's go and talk about verses 3 through 8, the definitive signs of the tribulation. Paul assures them with these particular signs so that they're not taken off guard and understand what's going on. 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 3 through 8. Let no man deceive you by any means, for in that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, that the man of sin might be revealed, the son of perdition, who is all who opposes things all himself above all that is called God, or does worship so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, temple of God now, not his temple, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that I was with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth, that you might be revealed in his time. He said, you already understand this, for the mystery of iniquity has already worked and has been working. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way, then the wicked one to be revealed, or the wicked to be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. So sign number one, the falling away. Apostasia is the Greek word there. It means to fall away. It also can be translated the rebellion. It can be translated abandonment. What is apostasy? It's an abandonment of the truth. What is apostasy? It's a rebellion against God of the truth. Who is Jesus? He's the way, the truth, and the life. So when you take a position against him, you become a rebel, as it were, and you abandon the things of God. Or as the Bible says, you fall away. All of those things are synonymous, speaking about the same, same thing. Not just any falling away, but a worldwide rebellion and abandonment of the truth. This will take place I believe, and many others that i read believe, will take place mainly in the professing Christian religions. Uh, your apostate religion, your apostate Protestant as well as Catholics, people who have a form of religion but have no power, they really have not trusted Christ their Savior, they are living their own way, and, and God knows who those are. These churches, these major line denominations are full of those folks. The true church, that is the born-again believers, must and will be gone before this can happen, which Paul shows later in the passage. So the falling away is one sign. He said, "He said, you don't see that, so you're not in the tribulation. He's convincing him, you're not in the tribulation period because you haven't seen this great rebellion, this great abandonment, this great falling away. The second thing, he says, you, don't, you have not seen the man of sin, the son of perdition. He's not been revealed. He's the epitome of lawlessness. He's called the man of lawlessness, another place. Uh, The word word son of perdition can mean doomed to destruction. Does this sound familiar to you? Who else was called the son of perdition? Judas Iscariot. He was doomed to destruction. This man will set himself up and his image up in the temple to be worshipped. What temple? What temple? Well, that's the reason you hear so many folks on prophecy say that Israel is going to build their temple. Now, when I was there in 92, they had everything to build their temple except the red heifer, which was to sanctify the items. They had the stones cut. They had the gold done. They had all the vessels. They were training the Levites on all the process of the Mosaic law. This was in 1992. Imagine how much more and how close they are. By the way, they do not have to tear down the Mosque of Omar. The foundation for the temple is beside the Mosque of Omar. They showed me the foundation stones when I was there. These are the original foundation stones. By the way, the temple's not real big. You understand the temple's not big. I think it's 30 by 60. Is that what it is? 30 by 60? This guy's all over the temple, 30 by 60. And so 30 feet by 60 feet, it's not big. It's not big. And so that area they took and they said, this is going to be the new temple. I go, Eastern gate over there, there's a temple. Jesus is coming in the Eastern gate. All they got to do is do it. And they're ready. They want to do it. The Jews want to do it, but something's holding them back. Well, they will build it. They will build it. I'm kind of convinced they're going to build it before the tribulation period. It may not be built before the tribulation period because God does not want to give you any sign that you can, you know, like this. He wants to keep you. The clear overall message of the New Testament is that Christ is coming as a thief in the night, and you'll not know the day nor the hour. Don't even look. You may know the day and hour of the tri- of the coming of, of second coming, but you're not going to know of the rapture. And so, what that helps us to live right. We don't say, "Well, oh, hey, he's going to delay his coming in two or three months uh, because of such." A-. Don't do that. Don't do that. He can come at any moment. Before my voice hits the back of this building, you could be gone. The Bible says, twinkling of an eye. It uses a Greek uh, phrase that's the smallest amount of divisible time measurement, atomic time. He's going to come in atomic time. He's going to, the rapture, boom, it's over. Before I could say, boom, it's over. And you're not going to have any thinking ahead of time. You're going to say, hey, the rapture's coming. You're not going to be able to say that. That thought's not going to go across your mind. You're going to begin to go up. I don't know what, what you're going to be thinking after that. You will be thinking some stuff like glory to God, hallelujah. I'm glad I went to church tonight. <laughs> I'm, glad I'm, I'm glad I'm not in front of some movie watching, watching uh, Matrix Resurrection or something like that. I got some of on that one, didn't I? March 13, verse 14. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken by Daniel... The prophet standing where it not ought, where it ought not, I should say, let him that readeth understand, then let them that are being in Judea flee to the mountains. Revelation chapter 13, verse 15 says, And he had had power to give life unto the image of the beast, and that image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. The beast builds an image of some. The word life is the word animation. I know years and years ago Disney had the Hall of Presidents and they animated people that looked like, you know, to make them look like the various presidents of the United States and they had and it was crude. When we first went there in 70 something whatever it was, it was crude and I thought, but I thought to myself, they're trying to make an animation. Well, this is this very well me, this may be light years above all that. He very well may be able to give some sort of life to the beast's image. It's going to be impressive worldwide under any amount of technology. Nobody is going to be able to figure out how he did it. They're going to have to say, he must be God. He must be God. And if you don't worship his image, you're going to be killed. You're in or you're out. Daniel chapter 12, verse 11, from the time of that, the daily sacrifice should be taken Away and the abomination to make a desolate set up his image is going to be set up in the holy place. There should be two thousand, a thousand two hundred and ninety days, which is twelve hundred and ninety days. Now three and a half years is twelve hundred and sixty days. The Bible always goes by the three hundred and sixty day, three hundred and sixty day year, and so there's they call them the thirty lost days. Why does it say here twelve hundred and ninety days when really three and a half years is? 1260 days. They call it the 30 lost days. Nobody really knows why, but God's put an extra 30 days in there. Something's going to go on. Uh, but J- Judas Iscariot, as I told you before, was called the son of perdition. Sadly enough, Judas had all the opportunity anybody could ever want or ever dream about. In John chapter 17, verse 12, it was called the son of perdition, and he went to his own place. He went to his own place, and he was doomed. Sign number three is the removal of the Holy Spirit's restraining. <clears throat> the remo- removal of the Holy Spirit's restraining ministry. He that let will no longer continue to lead, to, to let. So in other words, he hindered. So let me, let me be clear on this. The Holy Spirit is God. Amen? Bible Bible doctrine. He's on the present as God. You can't take him away from, you can't take him out of anything he's always everywhere at one time omniscient omnipresent. present okay so the Holy Spirit is not taken away from the earth in totality because you can't do that but his ministry of restraining is taken out of the earth there's a reason for that and it says why it is so You have, let me read the verses, verse 6 and 7. Now you know that what withholdeth, as again speaking of the Holy Spirit, that he might be revealed in his time, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth or restraineth will continue to restrain until he be taken out of the way, or his restraining will be stopped. So the the Holy Spirit in the tribulation period will still be saving people, people will be saved in the tribulation period. Don't let anybody tell you any different than that. There'll be so many people saved in the tribulation period, there'll be as the sand of the sea without number. The Holy Spirit, as God, cannot be taken out. And nobody gets saved without the Holy Spirit. You know that. Except the Spirit draw you, you don't get saved. But he's the light that lighteth every man that comes into the world. I believe he draws everybody that ever took a breath at one time or another. Romans chapter 1 clearly explains how that process works, going from the stars and the moon and looking at them and saying, somebody must have made those, and then the, the enlightenment continues on, continues on, until you find Jesus as your personal Savior. And That's where God always wants to take you. So we are light of the world as a church, right, and as individuals, and you are the salt of the earth. Matthew chapter 5 or 13 says you're the salt of the earth. Verse fourteen says, "You're the light of the world." That's Jesus. Jesus' world w- words. So, what makes makes uh, this up? What's well, the Holy Spirit? I am the light of nothing without the Holy Spirit. I am the salt of nothing without the Holy Spirit. I don't have ability to restrain evil unless the Holy Spirit in me or through me restrains the evil. I don't have the ability to enlighten people unless the Holy Spirit in me and through me allows me to enlighten people. His ministry of restraining evil is going to be taken away. You say, Does the Holy Spirit indwell us? Well, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, know you not your bodies the temple of the Holy Spirit in whom God dwells. John chapter 14 and believe it 16. Jesus said the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. He convicts, He reproves, He rebukes, He hinders. Sin and wickedness. How does that happen, preacher? Well, years ago, the city of Fort Myers, if you've ever gone to Miami, if you've ever gone to Miami, they got, they got topless, bottomless, sideless, backless. They got wickedness over there, un, unadulterated wickedness over in Miami. Just ride down the main street, you'll see it everywhere, right? Peep shows, all kinds of stuff. Now, if you don't know what those are, God bless your soul. But we don't have that in Fort Myers. We don't have that in Lake County. Why? Well, when they proposed it, they wanted to propose those kind of things. Here, the church rose up. I say the church generally, the born-again church. Believers from every one of the local churches pretty much cared all showed up as a mighty army down there at the courthouse uh, where the commissioners were hearing them on why they should be allowed to do this. And their lawyers, by the way, were there and we didn't have any lawyers, but we had a whole bunch of people that had the Holy Spirit saying this is wickedness and this is evil and this is harmful to the community. It's going to take away our family orientation. And why a lot of people move here is because it's more of a family area, not, not a discotheque, uh, drug-filled, drunken uh, Las Vegas, the way that thing's turned over there in Miami. And so we want. It. They did it again. We won again. We restrained the evil, and it wanted to be here, boy. It wanted to be. It wanted to manifest itself here, and it still does. And we restrained it. We have stopped. We born again believers have stopped in many ways and many degrees. We've we've hindered and stopped in many cases abortion. We have a thirty thousand dollar a. a year billboard, by the way, getting renewed in February. I need your help. $30,000 a year billboard up there, lit lit all night long, saying uh, basically, don't abort your baby. Amen? Don't abort your baby. What's that doing? Hindering evil. We have women call us, say, I was on my way to get aborted. They saw the sign and said, we're not going to do it. We hindered evil. That's the Holy Spirit. Uh, Andrea and uh, No No and some other people I've uh, missed the I think now and a few other girls are going down to that pregnancy resource center. Do I have that right? And they're 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 constantly giving their time, their precious time. They're giving their time so that these uh, girls that come in there trying to talk them, you know, have an ultrasound. Look at what you got in you. It's alive. It's a person. It's real. It's not an appendage. You've been lied to. What are we doing? We're hindering evil. We're against transgender and homosexuality movement. We're totally against it. We don't want it in the schools. We don't think it has any place in the schools. We don't think critical race theory has any place in the schools. We don't think all bunch of junk over there has any place in the schools. We do what we can to stop it. Uh, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, we hinder it. I'm talking all over the United States, all over the world where they are born-again Christians. We, we hinder abuse. We promote as a body law and order. Born-again Christians through the Holy Spirit. We want law. We want law and order. I saw a funny little clip by... You Remember the, remember the old uh, mayor, uh, of Daily? Remember mayor, mayor of Chicago, Daly? Remember Mayor Daly in Chicago... I had a one minute clip. They had a riot, some riots. Remember the Democratic Convention? They had some riots there. What was that 68? And they had some, I know you don't remember because you weren't born, but nevertheless, they had some riots there. And, and Daley, he settled that whole thing in one day. No riots. He got up there in this little clip, and I sent it to some of our folks. He got up there in a little clip, and he says, uh, If you're trying to, if you got a Molotov cocktail in your hand, I've told the officers of Chicago, shoot to kill if you're trying to burn a, a, a building down in any way, I've told the officers, shoot to kill. He said, if you're breaking in businesses to try to steal from him, I've told our officers, shoot to maim. I thought that was a twist. Shoot to maim, but shoot. All the rioting stopped the next day, no more riots. It's not a mystery how to stop this stuff. Well, born-again believers are part of the solution, part of the holding it back. So when you take the Holy Spirit away, you've got all those lawless people and the spirit of the evil one, which he has his own spirit, which is the opposite of the Holy Spirit. He wants the strip clubs. He wants abortion. He wants violence. He wants lawlessness. That's just going to be able to go wild. And he's going to be able to manifest himself in miracles that he's not allowed to manifest himself now. Why? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit through the local church. Because the time of uh, this uh, tribulation is a time of God's wrath. It's not man's wrath. People say, "Well, well, the church may can be in the tribulation period. And we're not exempt from ra- well, we're not exempt from man's wrath. Get that right, by the way." God does not keep us from man's wrath. That Fox's Book of Martyrs, you read it, the Church of Jesus Christ is subject to, often we're a sheep for the slaughter uh, before our shears were done. I mean, that's what it says in Romans chapter 8. We're just like sheep to the slaughter. I mean, if they want to come in and slaughter us and it's the wrath of man, God may let it happen. Oftentimes as a witness. The word witness is martian, or martyr but we're never biblically under the wrath of God. A strong argument for the rapture of the church before the tribulation period. A strong argument because the Holy Spirit being taken out. I wanted to read that verse of Abraham I mentioned earlier, Genesis 18, 25. It says that it be far from thee to do after this manner. He's talking to God. He says to slay the righteous with the wicked. And that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. So in Sodom and Gomorrah, he took the few righteous that were left there and dragged them out against their will. But I'm a post-tribber, you're going. I'm a mid-tribber, you're going. I don't like pre-trib, you're going. Because you're going to go when God says you're going. And you'll be happy with it, by the way. And it's okay to be wrong. You're going. Basically, you're going. And by the way, people say, well, what if you don't go? And I said, well, if I don't go, I don't go. I turn into a mid-tripper. <laughs> and if I'm not going to by the middle, then I'm a post-tripper. Amen? I'm just switching as it goes. I'm moving as it goes. But I'm, I'm, I'm relatively, after all these years in the book, I'm relatively strongly confident in what I'm talking about. Because the only view of of the rapture that lines up with the Bible and harmonizes itself across the Bible is the pre-tribulation rapture theory. It's the only one. So then we see in verse 9 through 10, the dragon's son and his children, verse 9 through 10, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power signs and lying wonders with all deceivableness of unrighteousness and them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. There's a, there's a false teaching out there, and I I by the way, I'm going to call it a disagreement among good godly folks. I've had people I love and, and believe in, that they took this, that, that if you've ever heard the gospel on this side of the rapture, you'll never be able to be saved on the other side of the rapture. That is not there. That is not there. It's not there. It said this would happen to, look at the phrase, in them that, Perish in them that perish. Uh, God knows who's going to perish and who's not going to perish. Amen. For whom he did foreknow them, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So God knows who's going to be saved before the foundation of the world. He knew who was going to be saved, who wasn't. He did not determine it. He read it. I believe everybody gets an opportunity to be saved on a real f- level playing field. Whosoever will may come. Right? That's what the Bible said. It's not whosoever will that, you know, that wasn't chosen. God chose us in Christ Jesus because he knew the decision you were going to make but didn't make the decision for you. Do you have that? And so... He knows those people who are never going to believe. He knew Judas Iscariot from day one when he was in his disciples. He knew that he was a son of perdition and he was not going to believe. Now, No, think about it. Judas saw everything. He saw it all. He heard it all. He heard the Beatitudes preached. He saw the miracles, saw the walking on the water, saw the calming of the storm, saw the feeding of the 5,000, 4,000. He saw it all. But he had a wicked heart of unbelief. He was, let me put it this way, he was hardened in his unbelief. That's very important. In them that perish. That's a that's a key phrase there. In them that perish. <clears throat> Revelation thirteen it tells us the dragon gives power to the beast. How does a beast have anything from the dragon? The dragon gave his power and his seat and his great authority to the beast in Revelation 13, 2. He gave his prerogative, his power, and his position to this man called the beast. By the way, the same offer was made to Jesus. Luke chapter 4, verse 6 says, Jesus takes him to this place where they could look over the whole world supernaturally. That was, by the way, a supernatural event. And he said, all this power will I give thee in the glory of them. For that it is, is delivered unto me, And whomsoever I will, I, he says, whomsoever I will, I give it. In other words, the devil says, I own all this. It's mine. And I can give it to whoever I want to give it to. Bow down, worship me, and I'll give it to you. Now, I said earlier today, the irony of that whole thing was Satan was asking the one who made him and who owns everything to bow down to him so he could get what he already owned. And so he said, he just answered him with the word of God, didn't he? He answered him with the word of God, Satan left him. But these lying wonders and things, they're a real deal. It's going to be a real deal. The strong delusion, by the way, comes from God. It's not saying. God's going to give them what they want. Let me tell you this, I warn you on this. One Something real bad that God don't want you to have, eventually He'll give, what, give you what you want and you won't want what you got. You lust on some woman, lust on her, lust on her, lust her, on her, He'll give her to you. And you'll hate life. She'll be the witch of Endor. She'll make you cry all night long. Take all your money, fill your credit cards up, and then leave you for a man half your age. Can people be saved here to hear the gospel before the rapture? Absolutely. I was talking to Mark uh, Robinson about this, and he said a lot of ultra-conservatives, a lot of ultra-conservative Jews, he said, uh, he believes will be saved after after the rapture. A lot of them. and There's lots of them. He said he believed that would be one group that he could see people being saved because they're not hardened, case-hardened, it is, against the gospel. So he sees the future, he for so... I hope that, does that make sense to you? Makes sense? But it is going to be a strong delusion, and for those that that are sealed, as it were, with a strong delusion, they get what they want and what they have chosen. Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 32 explains that process, if you want to read it later. But only God knows this, and only God could do this and still be in line with his justice and his mercy. So we see the final outcome, and I'm done. I'm sorry for going long, but I need to finish this. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 11-12. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they might all be damned who believe not the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. Believe not's negative, had pleasure in unrighteousness is positive. So either way, pleasure kills a lot of folks. The Bible says that in the last days, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, in describing some of the specific things of the last days. It says there'll be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Romans chapter 1, verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Who do you admire? Who do you admire? Who's your hero? Who's your heroes? You know? Whoever your heroes are, are going to tell a lot about you. If your hero some rock star, servant of Satan or whatever, then that's kind of where you're at. That's where your heart's at. But if your heroes are the people of God, the bus captains, the people that have been faithful for 50 years, doing the will of God and humble people, people not seeking personal glory, just want to do it for the glory of God, if those are your heroes, that's going to say a lot about who you are. But these people, they have pleasure when them that do unrighteousness. That's their heroes. They have pleasure in people like Michael Jackson. They have pleasure in people like Elvis Presley. They have pleasure in people like Marilyn Monroe. I know I'm old, so I'm using old examples. And so they have pleasure in wicked people. They enjoy what they're doing. Oh, boy, that's good. Better watch yourself. Be careful. That's the group described in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 32, hardened sinners that willfully turn turn themselves away from the truth after the rapture. That's the group that gets the strong delusion. And notice what it says that they all might be damned who believe not the truth. Now, there are people, people that call themselves Christians, people that call themselves Bible believers that just can't bring themselves to believe that God really would damn anyone. You read the verse. He he seals it and makes sure that they are damned by sending them strong delusion that they believe this beast is God because they didn't want to believe the truth. And by the way... That's not saying that if you've ever heard the gospel one time or two times and you haven't really made a decision on it, you get, the rapture comes that you're you're never able to get saved. You're not hardened against the gospel. You just heard it a couple times or one time or three times or you've never hardened yourself against it. You very well. I think there's going to be a sea of people get saved after the rapture that we've told them there's going to be a rapture coming. And when they see every, all these people gone and they see the trauma that's coming upon the earth, they're going to say, where's the Bible? i got to find a Bible. Where's the Bible? Well, we're going to." To leave a lot of Bibles on the ground, they're going to be able to find them. And in front of a lot of Bibles, gives the plan of salvation. They're going to be able to read it. Say, "I want to get saved." They're going to get saved. They never were hardened against the gospel. Now, those that were wicked and hardened against the gospel, they're not going to. They're going to get strong delusion that the beast is God. He's finally come back. You remember that old book years ago, "Chariots of the Gods." Anybody remember that? But me. A couple, four of you. I see we're a big crowd of readers here. Chariots of the gods. You know what they said? They said man was dropped here by aliens so many thousand years ago, and they're going to come back and check on us. That's what all this UFO junk's about. They want it to happen. They want some some, uh, little skinny, big-headed guy with no hair to show up. Actually, I've seen a few of those in church, but nevertheless, (laughs) it's getting long. I can tell you don't play with God. Don't mess with Him. Say, I got plenty of time to believe. Don't do that. But when the Holy Spirit comes by and convicts you of your sin, you need, at that moment need to say, I need to get this right between God and I and repent and trust Jesus Christ, your personal Savior. He died for you, was buried, and rose again the third day. Do you believe it? Yeah. Must be so. And Paul said, You know, these people that are coming by and trying to convince you somehow that what I taught you wasn't true, it's just not so. And with that revelation, which he gave them in chapter 2, not found really as clear anywhere else in Scripture, he settled them on that thing so that they could give an answer to those false teachers. So the rapture before the tribulation, theologically it must be so, as far as I'm concerned, it must be so, to be in harmony with the rest of the Bible. It's the only view, I believe, that coheres with the character of God and the promises of the Bible. I'm not wishing it so. I'm not going to the Bible saying the Bible teaches pre-trib rapture. Let me see. Let me find the passages. No, I'm going to the Bible in an open mind. When I went to college, they had us do a paper on the pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib rapture theories, and we had to prove why each one was right. In the paper, we had to prove each one, show the best argument they had, put it forth, this is why they say this is so. When I got done with that, I said, man, there's no doubt in my mind, pre-trib rapture has got it hands down, hands down. Hands down. And from that point on, I've been looking at it with an open mind, saying, "God, is this what you we look forward to? Is this it?" And what what a blessing it is to know that someday, by the grace of God, my wife and I talk about. You know, I'm getting ready to turn seventy, and uh, my wife and I. Lately, we've been talking about, you know, dying and who we're going to leave this stuff to, and. Maybe we should get rid of it before we get, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's crazy, morbid stuff. But really, I was told her, I just hope the rapture happens and and uh Troy has to clean it out. <laughs> Our Father help us tonight. Thank you for the Bible. Thank you for its clarity. Thank you for the the Holy Spirit who enlightens us and helps us and, and mothers us, really. As a mother that cherries her children, so the Holy Spirit cherishes us and loves us and mothers us and grows us and feeds us. Pray that you just help us to be prepared, to be equipped as saints of God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com,